This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast, hosted by thesciencefictionary.com. I'm tonight's host, David, and joining me tonight is Andrew. What's going on? Marisha. Hey everybody. And Daniel. Hey everybody. Uh, tonight we're going to take a, a deep dive into the first two episodes of WandaVision that dropped uh, last week for us, and we're getting a new episode, is it tonight or tomorrow? It'll be early morning, tomorrow morning. Like, I think for us, they drop like 3 or 4 a.m., oh, which is okay, a little that's... a little late. Yeah, <laughs> or early, depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about the first two episodes of that. But before that, we have just a couple little bits of news. Um, we got three pieces of some MCU news. First of all, uh, Deadpool 3 confirmed by Kevin Feige to take place in the MCU, and it will be R-rated. So that's going to be the first ever MCU R-rated movie, and it is going to be Deadpool 3. It is a continuation of that franchise, and it's in the MCU. So this is something we've been talking about ever since Disney got Fox, is what are they going to do with Deadpool? What are they going to do with Deadpool? Mm -hmm. And this sounds like the thing that everybody actually kind of really was hoping would happen, is exactly this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, I, I mean, it's really the only thing to do. I mean, it was either that or set it in its to- completely in its own universe, which, I mean, would have been okay, but would have taken little of the fun out of it. But I, I think that, I guess really with all of the news, and, and not to jump ahead of you, but um, since we're opening up the multiverse, I don't really know for sure, like, I don't know what to think about a lot of the news because Deadpool, does, Deadpool can exist in the MCU now in an alternate reality. Yeah. Right. What does in the MCU even really mean? Once you open exactly. the, once you open Pan, the Pandora's box of the multiverse, what does it mean to be in the MCU? I mean, at mm-hmm. this point, aren't the Sony Spider-Man movies going to be in the MCU? To some extent, I mean, we're opening it up and saying, right. saying these movies exist in our multiverse. So technically, yeah, I mean, in a way, they're MCU. Yeah. You you're referring to movies before Tom Holland, right? Correct. Correct. Right. Like the purely Sony Spider-Man movies. I guess it just depends on how you look at it. It's a matter of interpretation. Just because you're well, but of course, you know, they're also saying. I mean, Andrew Garfield and. Um, Toby Maguire and you know some of those actors are going to appear. Yeah, in Thomas Hayden so, Church. I mean, all the way down to Thomas Hayden Church and yeah, and they're going to and, and it does seem obvious they're going to do that by exploring just the those the what happened in those films as alternate timelines or mm-hmm. alternate universes. So that that makes sense, I guess. In a way, we are bringing them into the MCU, but not. But it's just like having the multiverse and the it's, right. It's not our it's primary Earth universe, mm-hmm. right? You have the six one six universe, 
and then you got everything else. And, you know, it's not the primary timeline. Right. Yeah. But, but by the way that Kevin Feige said it is taking place in the MCU, just that specific wording makes right. me feel like it is going to be different from being in the multiverse or something. That Deadpool <laughs> 3 is actually going to be um, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe proper. Yeah. I would guess. Um, and the thing about Deadpool is you don't even have to address it. You don't have to bring in alternate realities. The beauty of Deadpool is that he can just the movie can just start and he's there and he can make a fourth wall joke about it and moving on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly the, exactly my thoughts and exactly the way I expect it to go. Some character is going to pop up or something and I don't know what he's going to say, but he's going to look at the camera and he's going to have some kind of fourth wall break meta smart ass thing to say. And there <laughs> we are. We're going forward. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, exactly. Um, so, other bit of MCU news. Chris Evans is finalizing his talks to return as Captain America in the MCU. That yeah, was reported by multiple sources, including comicbook.com, which is uh, nine times out of ten really reliable for us. I'm I'm honestly, I mean, I don't know about y'all, that doesn't really surprise me. Any more than the, the rumors that were floating around out there a couple of weeks ago that Robert Downey Jr. is not done. Yeah, I could see him appearing as like a hologram version of himself. Right. Like he did at the end of Endgame again. Um, right. And apparently, I mean, there was some talks a couple of weeks ago that the that Phase 4, even though, even though Tony Stark is dead is still going to revolve heavily around what he started, you know, so, which makes sense, Mm -hmm. but that it's still going to be very Iron Man centric in some ways. Well, two of the, two of the announced shows that are coming out are directly related to Iron Man. Um, also Tom Holland won't shut up about Iron Man. So, you know, (laughs) bless him. He's, he's never going away, which I'm not complaining necessarily. I, I think that's great that, you know, it was the first movie, and they're going to stick to that. Eventually, they're going to have to move away from it, um, which I think they're taking steps to do. Yeah, but it feels like everything can be tied back to a um, to an Iron Man movie. I mean, we got Shang Chi coming out, which is going to have the Mandarin, which all ties back to an Iron Man movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, Chris Evans, yeah, uh, you know, he's still like he's an old man, but. In the current timeline of what twenty twenty five, there is technically a Steve Rogers around, right? Um, so he, you, I could see him showing up as like a mentor figure, maybe well, like I mean, the second I, season of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, that's the thing is we shouldn't discount them because it's easy to go. Well, it could just be Captain America, alternate universe, and it could be. We could just run into him somewhere else. Um, it could also be, you know, we still don't know. We, we know we're doing Secret Invasion. We still don't know what the heck they're doing with that. No. Um, you know, that, that could bring all sorts of actors back. Um, yeah. I, the scrolls as them, yeah. I kind of like David's idea, too, though, that, you know, he's not necessarily Captain America, but Steve Rogers. Right. Old and, man and, and Steve that... in, in a small role can pop up in, in a movie every once in a while. Like, I kind of like that idea. Yeah. And 
and actually I think it's the way they should go because I wouldn't want to take anything away from the way his arc ended in Endgame. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, let's not let's not come up with something hokey that it never happened or he gets de-aged again, and I, which is I, which can happen. They could do yeah, that, but, but I really think that. Not cheap in it. The the you primary mm-hmm. story arc for for Cap and for Iron Man is told, and I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to ruin that by stepping all over it with other stuff. No, um, it's, exactly. That's especially exactly when, when Kevin Feige Kevin Feige has has too much of a backbone <laughs> to 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 do that. Well, and you also don't want them to do what was done with the original cast in Star Wars and piss everybody off and. You know, start doing stupid stuff with them when, you know, in an effort to introduce Mm -hmm. these new characters. And that's the good thing about Kevin Feige is Kevin Feige's not afraid to just throw a character on screen and get a reaction. He doesn't, has never felt like he had to have that big, that big already known character there to introduce you to them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Guardians, we didn't like have. Tony Stark, like, you know, introduced us to the Guardians. But, you know, so it's... Years there, yeah. So, at this point, I've got a lot of faith in them not not messing that up and not cheapening their sacrifices and, and everything they did, so... Mm-hmm. I agree, and, and I'm, with, I'm with Daniel. You don't want to... Um, he had the perfect arc, and, and you don't want to mess up his endgame. Um... So I definitely don't want to see them do like DH or anything like that. But a big speculation, a big piece of a big idea that's being thrown around, it's been thrown around since Endgame, is a movie about Cap actually going through the multiverse and returning all of the stones. Now to say right off the bat, that would be awesome, but I kind of don't want to see that because I we saw his art. We saw I don't want to I don't want to go I don't know if I want to go back to see because mm-hmm. if he's doing all that, there's more character development that will be found through that. Um, and it's, it's kinda, we don't need that, I don't think. We know that he returned the stones. But also part of me wants to like see him go return the soul stone and meet Red Skull again, you know? Um, yeah. There's a lot you could do with that. Captain America, man out of time. Like, it's, 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 a, it's a great idea. Um, but that, that would be a whole movie. That wouldn't be like a show up in a, in a, in a Disney Plus show. That would be a like Captain America four. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'd be a really big deal if yeah. they did that. And I, just, I don't and, see them doing that, but it's no, definitely getting thrown around. They could do that down the road, but I think right now they want us to, to buy into these new characters. And, you know, I think that's why they gave us an opportunity to say goodbye to those characters. And mm-hmm. now we're moving on to what's next. And, and I don't see them, certainly without having released a movie, they're not already considering backpedaling to that. Mm -hmm. The only way I can see them backpedaling to trying to figure out how to bring Stark and, and uh, cap back is if something goes horribly wrong with this next phase of movies. And I just don't see that happening. Yeah. No, they DC it up. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're 100% right. I think, I think um, I don't see them, messing it up i think they have enough faith in their own properties that they don't have to do anything like cheap like that um but you're right i could see them like oh god we're failing we need to do something big to get the it's like when wwe keeps bringing wrestlers from the 90s back like we have to do something big to get them like 
it's, it's, it'd be like that. Um, bring, but I don't see that happening. You got to bring Hogan back for the hundredth time. Bring Hogan. Yeah, Goldberg. <laughs> Goldberg's in the title. Goldberg was WWE champion last year. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, that's a whole other podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see them doing that. Uh, but also, we got the Multiverse Madness opening up. Um, he could be a cameo in that. Uh, that, that that's a real possibility that he shows up. And the same, remember, like in Thor two, when he showed up for five seconds with uh, when Loki was him, mm-hmm. being something like that. Well, I'd not... love to see Loki do his Captain America impression again. Mm-hmm. Well, and that <laughs> I did awesome. have that thought. Like all the weird stuff going on with Loki, it's not outside the poss- realm of possibility that Cap shows up somewhere in the midst of all that drama. Well, well, it's also yeah, it's, like it's also possible that Loki just decides to go somewhere as Cap, which would be like past. the best. So, I guarantee you probably won't do it as Cap because you know that was already like filmed and everything like that. I, I think we would have heard rumors of see if Chris Evans is in that, but I, I am I, I guarantee you there's going to be some kind of scene where he shapeshifts into some character like that and does something that that'd be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Let him. Even if it's Thor, um, the obvious one, or I'd love to see him as Bruce. you know Mark Ruffalo would do that in a heartbeat. Oh like, yeah, and be Bruce Banner mm-hmm. or something like that. Mark Ruffalo would do anything. He just he he loves being the Hulk. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't. I think we kind of threw out everything that Chris Evans could possibly do in the MCU mm-hmm. again. Um, what do you guys think? Any more thoughts on that? No, I mean, I think I pretty much said yeah. everything that I, I've thought about it. I mean, you know, Chris Evans showing up, I mean, it could mean a whole lot of different things. Yeah. And it could mean one of the things we named, or it could mean several of the things mm-hmm. we named. Yeah, exactly. Oh, also, people are saying maybe, uh, I mean, I'm sure y'all have heard in pop culture the famous Hell Hydra scene. I mean, it was referenced in Endgame. Right. Uh, whenever he said Hell Hydra, he was he did uh, Secret Empire. Mm-hmm. That could be an alternate universe. I could see that being an alternate universe we get a glimpse of. Is Captain America as a Hydra agent and mm-hmm. kicks over the world? Like, um, That's a real possibility, I think. Because uh, they're not afraid to reference. I, 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 I mean, I wouldn't, I don't necessarily want that. Um but they're not afraid to actually do things that are very recent in the comic books. Um, and that's pretty recent. So, yeah, but it didn't, it didn't play very well, even as a comic book storyline. And of course no, they don't follow all these stories. They, they, they take the titles of these comic book storylines basically <laughs> yeah. and adapt the theme of their movie to fit it. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the idea of having cat be a Hydra agent, uh, went over like, this is a crude term, but it went over like a turn to punch bowl, as they used to say, even in the comics. And you've made this character so beloved in the films at this point. Uh, that's not a wise decision. Let's not do that one. I think you're right. Also, because they got the they got the reaction in Endgame with the reference to it with the Hail Hydra, mm-hmm. and I think that was definitely deliberately a reference to Secret Empire. So you right, and it was a cool little Easter egg. It was yeah. a cool little Easter egg, and it fit the moment, and it made sense, yeah. and you and you and and you move past it, and that's where it needs to stay. <laughs> I, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, so a little bit of more MCU news about actors returning. Comicbook.com is quote unquote confirming 
that Charlie Cox is not only in Spider-Man 3, but that he is wrapped filming for Spider-Man 3. Uh, Charlie Cox is Daredevil. Um, I got a theory. You got a theory? Uh, I, 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 I got a theory, too, and I'm guessing we have the same one. What's your, what's your theory on what Charlie Cox is doing in, in Spider-Man 3? At this point, I'm pretty sure Peter Parker needs some legal representation. Uh-huh, yeah. And we're going to go see Champion of the Little Guy, Matt Murdock. <laughs> Nelson and Murdock. To help take care of this, to help take care of this J. John Jameson run his mouth situation. <laughs> that's 100%. what that's about. 100%. <laughs> um, and I've said it before. Introduced ever since they introduced Matt Murdock. Ever since they introduced Matt Murdock, I've said that every single time that a character needs a lawyer for any reason, it better be one of two people. It better be Matt Murdock or Jen Walters. Jen Walters, exactly. If it's not one of those two, then you're then you're wasting an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you're right. I would love to see. We don't have to see Daredevil. We just got to see a blind man in a courtroom, and that's all we, we need. Could, we could get a little scene of Daredevil dropping in and helping Spider-Man out for a second, you know. Awesome. And then, yeah, but I think I think having him be introduced as a lawyer for. Peter as Matt Burdock is a great way, less way to introduce, to bring Charlie Cox into the film side of the MCU. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, just kind of giving a nod and saying, yes, they, these characters still exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course it, well, it, you know, we'll have to see how they, how they incorporate them and whether or not we're to consider those other shows can, you know, as part of the MCU or not. Um, I'm assuming we are at this point, but I don't know how that, the only thing that makes me wonder about that is I don't know what kind of distribution rights Marvel has or will ever have for those shows. And that kind of makes me think that they would not be real willing to have that as part of their, um, canon. They're probably going to ignore it. I disagree a little because at the time those shows were produced, we, it was stated they are set in the same universe as the films. They're part of right. the MCU. And they've never denied that going forward. No, and even if you can't distribute what's already been, as you say, if they don't get distribution rights to be able to air what's already been produced by Netflix, there's still no reason you can't in some way or form continue where those shows were going in future shows if you wanted to or other films. Yeah. You know, you can still keep you can still keep what happened in those Netflix shows as the backstory to these characters going forward. Yeah. No, I, no I agree with that. I, I, I'm just wondering. I'm just kind of pondering what they will do, not necessarily advocating for one or the other. The only thing about right. keeping it all is that means keeping uh, keeping uh, Iron Fist. And giving people a reason not to cancel their Netflix. That's why they're going to do the perfect. I think they're going to do the perfect thing because Kevin's Kevin Feige. He's a smart guy, and he knows what the fans want. I think. I think they're going to do the smart thing. Of they're just going to we don't not talk about the Netflix shows. They're just not going to talk about it, mm-hmm. and then kind of you know BS it like I did all my college essays. You know, just like uh, well, there's Daredevil and he's here, and yes, that is Daredevil. Um, yeah, yeah, so that happened. Uh, but there's a different Iron Fist now. It's a different January. Don't worry about it. Don't ask questions. Mm-hmm. Well, look, ask it's questions. just like we, we brought 
J. Jonah Jameson back with the same actor. Mm-hmm. We, we we never alluded to whether it was really the same character from the same universe at mm-hmm. us. The same actor playing the same character, you know, and, and like David said, you can just very easily, you just don't have to really address mm-hmm. any of the past events you don't want to. You just go, so even, you know, you can kind of fix your Iron Fist problem that way. Let's just sort of, you know, it's tongue-in-cheek sort of, well, you know, this is the same actor still playing Daredevil, and we may reference that this happened and this happened and this happened, and this will get going forward, but that don't necessarily mean Finn Jones has to be Iron Fist again. Look, right. man, if they're making that Blade movie, and um, the guy who's playing Blade played Cottonmouth and Luke Cage. Yes, this is true. And if you, So if you're bringing in, if you're making that canon, I think that the lady that in Civil War... Uh, who was mad at Tony Stark because her son died? I think she plays a character in Luke Cage. Hmm. Um, she does. So yeah, you can say that they're in the same universe, but then like the actors don't really. So in a way, like the actors don't really matter. It's about the character, dude. We're missing the obvious one. Mark Ruffalo was not was not Bruce Banner in that mm-hmm. Hulk movie, but that Incredible Hulk movie is definitely in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, and they change actors there, and that's a much. Bit, I mean, I, no offense to you, I know right. you love Iron Fist, but Hulk is a much bigger character than Iron Fist. Correct. And they switch that actor out, so I don't think it'd be a problem. Well, yeah, no, I'm not worried about switching actors. I was just like Andrew saying, unfortunately, Iron Fist still has to exist. Well, we don't have to address anything that happened with Iron Fist on Netflix going forward. We can just recast it and do it better going forward. Nobody's going to care. Yeah, that's yeah. all. But you brought right. up Mark brought up Mark Ruffalo and Edward Norton is a A list Academy Award one of the best actors of his generation kind of actor. We brought Mark Ruffalo in and he's a better Bruce Banner than Edward Norton. You know, and nobody so you just you just kind of forget that Ed mm-hmm. ever played Bruce in the MCU. Well, do you really think it's going to be that hard to find a better Iron Fist than Finn Jones? <laughs> no. I can probably walk down the street and find a guy I can play, play him better than Finn Jones did. I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's, I shouldn't be that harsh about it, but you're getting my point, though, right? Yeah, I, get, so, I get your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't hate Finn Jones, by the way. I think he's fine. Just not a very good Iron Fist. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I would, I, I'm very excited to see Charlie Cox in the MCU again. Yeah. Um, Save Daredevil has been a hashtag ever since that show got canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like it's like every Friday or something. Comicbook.com themselves actually post a picture that say with the hashtag Save Daredevil. That's great. People love that show. It's an incredible mm-hmm. it's show. Just, yeah, it's a great. Show. And Jessica Jones, by the way. Jessica Jones and is the great Punisher. as well. Punisher. That's a great point. You know. I, I think the one actor I want to see back more than um, Charlie Cox is the most, but like in second place, it's John Berthnall as 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 Frank Castle. Yep, no doubt. He was he was born to play that character, uh, and he said he'd do it again. So, uh, and Eminem uh, really wants uh, the Punisher to be in the MCU again. He tweeted about it. So I mean, that's that's all you need right there. Get on it, Kevin Feige. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Speaking of Marvel shows, uh, the most recent one, the one that's going on right now, uh, WandaVision, the first two episodes dropped. 
last week. I didn't know the first two were going to drop. Did you, was that a thing that I just missed? No, I, like I didn't know. I'm sure it was out there that the first two were going to drop, but I had not seen the announcement. I think it was wise to do it because the yeah, two, it first great. two were kind of short. Um, I don't know if they're all right. going to be that short, but they also had, it's nine episodes. So mm-hmm. I kind of got the impression that maybe those first two were initially going to just be one episode. Cause I know a lot of their format they're going with is eight episodes for a lot of their stuff they're doing. Hmm. So I kind of wondered about the nine. Um, but no, I had no idea we were getting two. Yeah. It was a nice surprise after I finished the first one. I, uh, like I, Oh, okay. That's great. I closed Disney plus and then went a couple hours, uh, before realizing that there was actually a second episode there, the whole time <laughs> for me to watch. Um, but yeah, they, uh, 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 we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it. We're gonna talk all about Wandavision, the first two episodes. Um, we want to give a a, a, a non spoiler review. Um, um, I mean, by the no, time this drops, spoiled. episode three is gonna be out. So uh, let's yeah, just go ahead and spoil. give a spoiler warning and let's talk about it. Yes. Yeah, so spoiler yeah. warning: we're gonna talk about the first two episodes. But there's really not much to spoil because these first two episodes. Um, were were framed like just a super fun sitcom black and white sitcom Mm -hmm. um i was i'll say right off the bat one of the most creative things that marvel has done so far for sure Mm -hmm. uh so ambitious so much fun so refreshing refreshing is a great word for it i think yeah absolutely i loved it I really enjoyed a lot of what they did. I, the one thing I'm going to say, just kind of a broad statement about what they've done so far. I really love what they're doing. I love all the little Easter eggs. I love going down this hole of what's real, what's not, what's happening. The catch is they can only, you. there have been shows out there that have done that. And every show, every episode goes deeper down the rabbit hole and they never answer the questions. Lost. They, <laughs> they can't do that. No. They've got nine episodes and you 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 have to start giving us answers soon. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping they do the sooner the better. Mm-hmm. Here's here's my thing about this show. <sighs> oh gosh, where to start? <laughs> I <clears throat> I, I agree with David. I think it's, it, it took a lot of guts to set the show up the way they did. Um, but of course they've built up enough credit to be able to do basically whatever they want at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, so it is an interesting premise. I think, I mean, at this point, do we all more or less agree? We're pretty sure Wanda created this world herself, right? Some way, but shape, or form, these are her so. powers creating this illusion. Yeah, I, I think the question is is uh, based on the question posed at the end of episode two mm-hmm. of who's she doing this. She reset it. Right, but she every time something goes wrong, she resets it. Yep. When the boss starts she, to ask too many questions, it resets. Um, the it, the beekeeper, the, and there was a third instance. I'm trying to remember when it was that it just the radio. 
the radio. The radio just That's exploded. Right. Yeah. And see, with the thing with the boss and the thing with the radio, you weren't sure if she caused that or not. But when she saw the beekeeper guy, she literally said no, mm-hmm. and it rewound. So whether she created this reality or not, she has some control over subconsciously. And right. the deal is, obviously, she doesn't want this world to end because she has this idyllic life with vision. Right. This is a reality she created to be with vision. Right. Which is, goes that's back to where what, it sounds like it's going. Right. And that's, which that's awesome. Kind of goes back to what we talked about weeks ago now with the house of M, which is essentially her own grief causes her mm-hmm. to create this new reality. So, there's a lot of symbology going on in these. The, the Mind Stone is everywhere. I don't know if y'all picked up on that. But the Mind yeah. Stone is literally everywhere in both of those episodes. Mm-hmm. Which, um, in the MCU, is what gave Wanda her powers. She's not a mutant in this universe. Remember, we had no right. mutants whenever right. we made Age of Ultron. Um, but it's... I was going to mention House of M also. And I am glad we're getting deeper. If this really is what's going on, we're getting deeper into Wanda's powers. Yes. I mean, this this is a woman that in the comic books killed 90% of the mutants in the world with three words. Yeah. She just wiped them out of existence. Right. And and Kevin Feige was very pointed in saying at the end of Endgame, that without question, Wanda is the most powerful character in the MCU. Right. Now, those are those are all the things I enjoy about the show. That I like where it's going. I like the setup. I love Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen really do have great chemistry. And Paul Bettany's hilarious. He is. And, I, and a, that's what I love good. about these. These are a lot of people have complained about these being too simplistic, too. Some people said they're boring. And, and I can see how some people come out with that, you know, as part of the generation that was raised on the original Nick at night, I really love something about these old style. You know, we did a lot of, the first one was a lot of Dick Van Dyke. Um, the first one was Bewitched. The second one was a lot of Dick Van Dyke. No, the second, the second gonna, one was Bewitched. The second one was Bewitched. They even did the intro from Bewitched. That is true. They did. You're right. You're There's right. a little bit but of that in the first was, one. And I'm pretty sure. She was using her powers, making the pots and stuff float. And yeah, him trying to yeah, there was some bewitched. I mean, it. that was the bewitched element to me. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. The kitchen thing. In fact, we were watching Bewitched with the kids. There, there are nods to tons of sitcoms, and not all of them were old. There's at least one nod to How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Well, I, I missed it. What was it? Shut up, Patrice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but whatever her name, I don't even can't even think of what her name was in this one. Uh huh. But they did. I mean, there, there's a definitely, because I had just mentioned it right before they did it. Yeah. They're making nods. You know, the, the intro in the first one, he walks up and instead of tripping on the ottoman, he walks through it. So, I mean, like Dick Van Dyke, some, um, Don, some Donna Reed kind of stuff. I mean, and it really looks like episode three might be going towards maybe more like Bewitched. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm sorry. Not bewitched. I um, dream of genie. I dream of genie. Mm-hmm. Genie. Yeah, it, it went colorized, and you can tell they moved through decades: 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the costumes. So, are but good. that's where I start having issues with the show. The sitcom element does not work for me. Really. Because I 
don't care. Sitcom is situation comedy, right? I don't give, I, I don't care about the situations they're being put into and how they're going to get out of it. I don't care if, if the dinner with the boss goes well. I don't care if the talent show goes well because I know that in the world of these characters, this is an illusion. That's not their real reality. I don't care how any of that, none of that has any impact on those characters' real lives. You don't That's care what's going on in the Matrix? Hobby, so I don't care how well it goes. Well, see, that was another question. If these are real people in a real city, has Wanda created this scenario yeah. that's affecting real people? Exactly what's happening. Because you will even notice Dottie, the character of Dottie, yeah. played by Emma Caulfield, which I would just give a shout out real quick. Y'all know I grew up loving Buffy. Every time I see a Buffy actor on screen, I get excited. I just, you know, I like seeing them do well. But like the Dottie character, when the radio starts going off, you can tell she starts breaking like her, 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 like it's almost like she's a real person and she's starting to notice this isn't right either. Mm-hmm. Right. Like she starts breaking character. You know what I mean? Yeah. With the, in that first episode when the, talking in the radio, when she looked at Wanda, she goes, and who are you? Like it was, it was almost like the illusion for her was cracking. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's exactly what I think is happening. I think you hit it right on the head. These these aren't the people aren't illusions. I think these are real people trapped in the illusion with Wanda and Vision. Yeah, interesting. Um, I do think that think there may be right some there. important characters caught up in this illusion. Wait, I think yes. we, um, what were we you saying, know that the character that they call Geraldine so far. We already know that that uh, the the casting sheet tells you that's Monica. Rambo. That's Monica Rambo. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm sorry, David. What I cut you off. What were you saying? No, it's cool. Um, see, I think that obviously, like, this is Wanda's powers doing this, obviously. But I'm actually not sure how much control she has over it herself. I think the intros and the outros, I think that they're giving a lot of hints to maybe what's act- what might be going on here. I still have no idea. But oh, um, I think there's so- hints all through it. Exactly, and there's so just the intros and the outros are so visually interesting, and, and the and the way that everything looks, and the TV screens and the monitors. Like I don't, th- I think it's more than just a reference to get it. They're doing TV shows, like the mm-hmm. sinister music that's playing. Mm-hmm. You have the voiceovers. I think at the end of the second one, it was like, "Who's doing this to you, Wanda?" Yeah, what like that that was being said. Um, for some reason, I'm getting this vibe of like Wanda is. Um, Wanda has like almost been put she has been put into a real city and she's doing this but she's actually being observed by like I don't know Hydra or whatever some aim maybe or something like that somebody trying to um observe her powers Mm -hmm. and like you know study her right and against her will um obviously she is doing that we saw her rewind and restart when something went wrong and everything like that. But um, I don't, it seems to me there's definitely some sort of villainous intent. No, I I do think that there is a villain involved. And I think someone, even if she's created this, something happened that caused her to do it. Um, I personally, I don't know who it could be because my deep knowledge of the Marvel 
character sheet is just not that long, but it, it kind of depends on what's a hint and what's not. It is space based. The sword in the comic book sword has been set up to deal with extraterrestrial threats, mm. whereas shield deals with earthbound threats. Right. That's not, they, they gave you a different acronym for sword in this show. It was in a press release. The acronym is actually sentient weapon observation recovery department. Oh, observation. What is one not a sentient weapon, a sentient weapon observation. And you do see at the end of the first episode, the notebook has the sword emblem on it. Mm -hmm. The helicopter has the sword emblem on it. The beekeeper has the sword emblem on the back of his uh, of his suit. It's yeah, sword watching. But I also kind of think swords watching them and trying to get them out. And I do think there's some malevolent force somewhere who's manipulating the situation. Even mm -hmm. though it's Wanda's powers creating this reality, somebody somewhere is manipulating it. Swords trying to... Sorb is observing the situation. Well, we and, have a and I think, yeah. Well, we have a we have one entity who the, the the beekeeper has the emblem on his back. We kind of saw that character. You know, we were meant to see that that character was had ill intent. Is the way it's portrayed. However, it could it could just be just that a, that someone trying to pull her out, and she's like, "No, I'm not going." It feels like a reality to end because she doesn't want to give up this life of vision. Right. Subconscious. She's having a mental break. Yeah. And that fits right into house of M. Yeah. <clears throat> right. The whole thing feels like an anxiety dream to me. Like, you know, you, mm -hmm. uh, does anybody else ever have these dreams? Not, I'm sure none of us out here have any issues with anxiety ever. I'm sure I'm the only one. Um, so you, you like you have this dream and you're like wait wait that was wrong and you like like okay redo and you're like am I the only person who does this like has the like the same recurring dream where you're like wait gotta fix that thing do it again um and so that's what this movie feels like to me it almost feels like she's in the matrix having an anxiety dream you know that she's like sort of kind of in control but not completely yeah first of all thank you that reminds me I need to take my pills um <laughs> Uh, no, but I think you're definitely right. Um, I, I I totally get that, like an anxiety dream. Like a, um, I was thinking more, the term that came to mind was like a fever dream. Like, yeah, Wanda's probably like, in a, it's like when you're, it's like when you're in a dream and you don't want to wake up. Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, we, I think. We, keep, we keep mentioning the Matrix. It's like somebody's trying to shove the red pill down her throat and she keeps swallowing the blue. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I guess for me, the big question going forward is, it's really kind of the question of all of this, because this is our launch point for phase four. This right. is going to affect all of phase four, whatever mm -hmm. plays out here. How much, you know, in House of M, she, man she can literally manifest her, she can manifest things into reality. So how much of this does she manifest into reality? Does she manifest hers and Vision's children into reality by the end of this? Oh, I think definitely. I mean, at the end of episode two, she's pregnant. Um, I, I, I have no doubt. Right. It's just what, what when, when the Vision, when, when all of this, whatever this reality is, ends, breaks what, down. Re what remains. Yeah. Her kids. I think her kids are definitely going to be there. I could see Vision coming back. Um, well, there's a, there's a, 
in the trailer, there's a shot that looks like her reforging the Mind Stone. Huh. Mm. You know, there's also one of the one of the most prevalent theories is that someone is, as we've already said, we feel like there's a malevolent force manipulating all this, and someone's actually trying to manipulate the situation to create those children. Hmm. Like that's their whole purpose is oh, okay. a child from Wanda. Like, I don't, I, don't, um, I don't know how much I abandoned that theory. I'm not sure. It could also just be the fact that to her, her ideal life is this suburban life with vision and them to have a family. And I, I don't know. We're only two episodes into something that's obviously a huge mystery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great mystery box. Uh, so it's we fun. actually, I posted on Twitter about an hour before we got on and I did have and asked for questions. I didn't get, it was kind of late to get much response, but I did get one question or actually one person asking us two questions. Um, this is uh, Luke from the Hoth Off the Press podcast. And he said, first of all, is there any hint in the scene to who the beekeeper actually is? Do y'all have any theories on that? I mean, personally, I, I think the beekeeper, because a lot of people are reading into the beekeeper and wanting want it to be Swarm or some other, but I think that that's just how she's manifesting their appearance into her reality. Maybe they're wearing some sort of suit. Maybe it's a hazmat suit. You know, that she's manifesting as something different. Yeah, I have no idea what that. I didn't pick up on any. I didn't pick up. I didn't pick up on any clues about who the beekeeper character may be as far as it being an existing Marvel character, if that's what they're asking. Yeah. It's the villain from the Um, first Ant Man movie. Remember that guy? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Walsh was a uh, yellow jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was something, and I don't remember the details. Somebody had dove into the fact that the actor has been used before in MCU movies. Um, usually as characters that you don't see their face. And I, and I need, I can go back and reread that because it's not fresh in my mind. I don't remember who the actor is or what kind of connection they were trying to make, but I, I don't, I didn't pick up on any clues about it being any established character, honestly. Okay. Uh, what about the person that's talking to her through the radio, the person we see sitting at the desk? Do you have any thoughts on that's who that agent. might be? That's the agent from Ant-Man. Okay, so you do. You are in agreement that that's Jimmy Woo. That is Jimmy Woo. Okay. That is it's, the voice is unmistakable. Okay. Uh, that's what I was thinking, too. That's exactly what it is. And we know he appears in this series. He and yeah, right. the trailer. He and Darcy are working together now. Somehow we'll see. We'll see both of them later. Which, by the way, Darcy, that's the that that's the girl from the Thor movies, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cat Dennings. Yeah. Um. One of the best things that Thor Ragnarok did was finally get rid of those stupid, annoying human characters in the Thor movies, and now they're bringing her back, and I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> Darcy. Ah, Cat Dennings was great in that first movie. Oh, uh, yes, I love. I'm a huge fan of Cat Dennings. I think Cat Dennings is. I think Cat Dennings is great. I could not stand her in those Thor movies. I just like shut up and get back to like you know <laughs> Thor. Like, that's, that's, I, don't care, I don't care about your shoe. That's I don't complete. Care about your shoe. That is complete bull because she's the same person in those Thor movies she is in every movie she's ever been in. <laughs> you can't think she's great and think she's awesome in the Thor movies. 
Okay, I think um, never show. You can think something's great, but I think chocolate's great. I don't want it in my taco soup that I think is also great. <laughs> that's valid. That's fun. I have taco soup for dinner, so that's what's on my mind. <laughs> we didn't have dinner, so you're ahead of us. That's not good. <laughs> I fed my children. That counts, right? <laughs> okay, at least you did that. Well, let's not talk about the fact that they had to be lost first. Let's focus on the positive. We did find them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you didn't say find. You said fed, didn't you? Fed, yes. <laughs> I fed my children. You said you found them. No. I'm like, wait, did I miss, a, did I miss some, uh, some pre-podcast uh, chatter about losing your children? No, no. <laughs> have not lost a child recently. You can't it's really lose an Elijah. It's true. He's too loud. But speaking of lost... Uh, J.J. Abrams coined the term mystery box, and, and we brought it up. Early. We made that joke earlier about like loss, and, and hopefully this show actually answers questions and stuff. Uh, this show has potential to be a really great mystery box, and for it all to tie back together, and for mm-hmm. us to be able to go back and watch these first two episodes and be like, oh, that means this because of this. And I really hope that's the case. Um, I love a good mystery box. It's really funny that J.J. Abrams coined the term mystery box, and he made one of the most disappointing mystery box shows ever. Anyway, um, I really hope that's the case. That's what you call ironic. I I think that they're going to do a really good job. I I think that as the the false reality begins to unravel, I think it's going to start pretty quick. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mostly because I've heard the last three episodes are just almost pure action. Um, Awesome. Which, by the way... I know Dad mentioned this, Daniel mentioned this earlier, and I I didn't get a chance to respond. Um, I love the sitcom element. That's my favorite part so far, is watching it have fun. It's so refreshing to me. I think what I love about the sitcom element is that they finally gave Paul Bettany a place to shine because Mm -hmm. he's so good at that kind of comedy. It's oh, so yes. good. It's so much fun to watch and see, and it's so different and refreshing from everything. It is it is one hundred percent not like a Marvel thing. And that's the and I love the sitcom. It's an entirely different genre. Why not put a sitcom in Marvel? Yeah. Why not? Well, well yeah, and it's, it's so much. It's this reality uh, she's created. Reality. And and it's like, yes, the sitcom elements are a little cheesy, but that's the reality that she created where these silly things happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they can have a normal, problem. simple life. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that is true, and that and that part of it plays well. I get all that. I'm just saying that the actual situations that they're in, in those episodes. I mean, did you really care how dinner with the boss went, Andrew? I mean, I didn't really care. I mean, I wasn't invested in that as far as like thinking that was deep story. But there were a lot of really funny moments in there. There were, but that's all I can say. It's hard, like, this is exactly what I was saying, is I'm just not invested in the plot lines that are set inside the sitcoms themselves. Because I know it well, don't. Now, the magic show, I, I did... How often do you get invested with Boss, Dinner with the Boss? Yeah. Like, actually invested. Now, I did enjoy um, the the magic show. I, I know a lot of people didn't like the the... Um, Vision being kind of drunk because the gum was literally gumming up the works. 
Yeah, I, that was actually pretty funny. But, but I'm, you know, I like yeah, what I loved about it because the moment he throws back that curtain and comes out, I could see Chaucer again <laughs> from A Night's Tale. You know it, that that bit of his his acting came out in that, and it was just really great. And his accent was different too. Yeah, he like he kind of lost your more highbrow accent and went real. You know, we are absolutely going to say. That I don't know. I've always loved Paul Bettany. I know people get bored with the film I'm fisting a mention, but if you don't watch Master and Commander, oh my gosh, yeah, is one of the bit that is one of my top five movies. Oh, yeah, that Beautiful Mind also with Russell Crowe, mm-hmm. and is one of my top five movies. I've always been a huge Paul Bettany fan, and. Whenever he got cast in the MCU and he was going to be the voice of Jarvis, like, oh, that's cool. He was the voice of Jarvis, and it fits. He was great as Jarvis. And whenever they announced he was going to be Vision, I was just, he's, he's, we always give Marvel so much credit for casting the perfect actors. And with the only miss so far, I think, being Iron Fist, Mm -hmm. they pretty much nail it every time. And the fact they already had the perfect vision in house <laughs> doing the voice for Jarvis mm-hmm. just it, and that let them do the story they did about how vision came to be and it all made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Bettany gave one of the best lines any of you ever heard is somebody asked him about being in the MCU had rejuvenate his career. <laughs> and he said, well, if I had a dollar for every time someone told me my career was over, I wouldn't need a career. <laughs> <laughs> this guy out he's 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 just one of the best actors in the business yeah and i'm glad we got him around he's very good in this show i don't get invested in the in the in the sitcom storylines but i do enjoy watching him in a comedian in a comedic element yeah and i i really think those first two episodes were just meant to be our introduction to whatever's happening and i think from here on things are going to there's going to be more mystery, but I think we're going to start getting more answers. I don't think they're going to like, you know, like I said, it, when we first started, there's a danger in waiting too long to start revealing what's happening. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, right now, this is the critics have, have loved it. The audience has loved it. But if you leave everybody hanging, waiting for an answer for too long, those will start to drop. Yeah, then it's just annoying. Then it's just like, oh, you had enough content for like six episodes, but you stretched it out. Like, yeah, but I don't think they're going to do that. Well, that's the nice thing that that's one of the things I've really liked about their approach to these and the things Kevin Feige has said is I don't think they're going to stretch anything. I think if they've got four episodes of a story to tell, they're going to tell us four episodes of a story. Mm -hmm. Um, If they've got 10 episodes, they're going to give us 10. I, I don't feel like they're trying to stretch it. I feel like so far that that's being echoed across the lot at Lucasfilm right now too, with the Mandalorian where they're going, this is how long we're doing these. And you may get, they may be consistent with the number of episodes, but that's why the episode lengths vary because they're not trying to stretch things too thin. And you know, it's not like they have to hit that. I love the fact that they don't have to hit that number on the mark like a regular TV show. I do think they said a few of these episodes are going to be hour length. Yeah. So 
It makes sense, though, if they're the ones where they're leaning the most heavily into the sitcom tropes, that they're going sitcom length. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and as, as they kind of progress and they sort of move into a wider view of giving us some answers of um, what's going on outside the Matrix, then. <laughs> well, I, I am actually like, I don't know, because they're going from stuff inspired by Bewitched and Dick Van Dyke and Roseanne and. And then they're also, we're going to get into stuff like Modern Family in the Office, like the mockumentary style stuff. And it's just going to be, I just hope it doesn't start to feel disjointed if each of these styles of these episodes gets too far different. You know what yeah, it kind of reminds I hope they get that way. I, I hope mean, yeah. every episode you can have style. You mm-hmm. can have the distraction be a little disjointed as long as mm-hmm. the story stays on track. As long as yeah. the main thread yeah. flows evenly through it, I think it's okay if, because the, that's, I mean, really that's what this reality is. It's a distraction. It's how mm-hmm. Wanda has distracted herself from, from either grief over the loss of vision or whatever someone has done to her now to, to cause this to happen. So that's true. Did anybody else watch Maniac on a uh, Netflix like a couple of years ago with Jonah Hill and um, oh Gwen Stacy, whose name I can't remember, Emma Stone. Emma. See, I have a real hard one. You know, I don't know how to do that one because I don't watch stuff with Jonah Hill in it, but I do watch stuff with Emma Stone in it. <laughs> um, basically, the premise is that's the rule. What is Jonah Hill? Them's the rules. <laughs> It it actually is is very reminiscent to me. the The premise is basically these these two people are in a drug trial, and they're in some kind of um, some kind of the the unexplained um, altered state of consciousness. Right, so they have all these like different scenarios, but they keep running into each other. They're different things to to each other in all these different scenarios, but and so like they're all wildly different um, like scenarios. Every episode, they have like a completely different world, a completely different everything, but they have kind of the background, like what's really going on kind of tying through. And it's, this is really reminiscent of that to me. Yeah. So kind of, as we kind of near the end of the show here, I did want to ask the second half of uh, Luke's question uh, or his second question. <clears throat> with this being our launch point for phase four, is this a good place to start? I, I don't, I haven't seen enough to, I don't think I've seen enough to say yes or no on that yet. Wait, hang on. Yeah. What, what David? I'm yeah, I, no, I, I'm with Andrew. I'm going to answer. I, I, we, I need to answer that with having seen the full show. Cause I, my, my, my plan for these Marvel movies, I mean, these Marvel TV shows is kind of looking at them as a whole as like a little as a piece, like the whole season as almost like a Marvel movie. I, I honestly, I think that's what Kevin Feige was trying to tell us mm-hmm. we're supposed to do when he talked about yeah. these being event series. This is like, if I watched I, the first 10 minutes of Iron Man and then decided if the MCU was, a, if it was a good place to launch the MCU off the first 10 minutes of the movie. Um, yeah. I need to see the whole movie. I need to see the whole, the whole season and then I, then I can answer, you know? Right. Um, 
Now, is this a good place to start for the for the for the show? Which might indicate that it's going to be a good place to start for the MCU uh, phase four. I'd say yes, because I really enjoyed it. And I think it's a good place to start because it's to me, it's indicating that they're going to do a lot of really fun things. If this, if this is the first if the first thing they give us in this phase is a spoof of the Dick Van Dyke show, then who freaking knows what we're going to be getting in this phase and that's really exciting because the number one complaint with Marvel movies is how they feel like the same thing. Like, um, like they're all the same. I personally don't feel that way, but that's a common complaint. Right, that they that they're all so follow the same formula. They all follow the same format. And this is most definitely not doing that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah, I oh, mean, good. with where we think the show's going, I think this is a with knowing we're doing a multiverse and Spider-Man, we're doing Doctor Strange multiverse of madness, that we're doing all this stuff as well as trying to bring in new characters. I think this is I think with what where phase 4 is going and what I think is happening here, I think this was the only place to start and explain to us what the hell's going on because it's going to be a little nuts. I mean, you could have started it with Doctor Strange, but I I mean, I think that she had that this had to occur first to right. start whatever chaos is fixing to happen. I was going to say basically the same thing that I think knowing that the multiverse is going to play a part in phase four, then yes, this is a good place to start um, because it's perfectly logical that whatever's going on with Wanda's powers, especially if she's going to be in Doctor Strange, then it stands to reason whatever's going on with her powers is going to help bring the multiverse into Phase 4. So it makes sense. Now, that being said, Black Widow was supposed to be the start of Phase 4. That's true. But that was kind of a weird one because it's a prequel. It it occurs during Phase 3. So... We may actually even be in a better place just by accident. Yeah, we're starting maybe. phase four. I mean, as good a place as any. And do, where do we really? I don't. I don't ever look back at these films and differentiate the phases anyway. No. So, no. I mean, the uh, only thing that I you know phases are important for is remembering which Avengers movie came at the end of. Yeah. You know, so, that, that's really yeah, all they do. I mean, it's it really it's all one story. I mean, the first the first three phases were all one story. It's. Right. It's it's really not that big a deal, but I, I do think that given what we know so far, I would say yes, this is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. Marisha? Yeah, I think um from like you said, this wasn't theoretically supposed to be the start of the phase, but so far, like it's promising. You know, it's it's hard to make a call this early, but it's definitely, I think it's a promising way to start. And I think we're getting a lot of clues even this early as to the direction that it's going to go. Yeah. I think the reveal at the end of this is going to be huge. Uh, that wraps us up then if we've all said our final thoughts on it. So I, we can go ahead and uh, close the show. Okay. I guess. Uh, yeah. Real quick before we wrap up though, I did want to mention, cause I brought these up earlier, not huge deal. We just, didn't get it to them in our uh, our news slot, but um, for whatever reason, maybe with rumors of new major lockdowns, uh, so, uh, Sony and 
MGM both announced they were pushing some movies again. So Uncharted is now going to be February 11th, 2022. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters is being pushed all the way till November 11th of this year. No. And MGM pushed No Time to Die till October of this year. Ghostbusters is the upsetting one. Boo. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Ghostbusters is definitely the one I'm most disappointed in, but I was looking forward to all three of these films, so... Me too. Dang, I'm just going to watch Uncharted and think Young Indiana Jones. That's so. uh, basically what it is. Yeah. It? All right, guys. So uh, that wraps us up for the week. We we didn't have a whole lot of news, uh, just that little bit of Marvel news, but it's news that really excites me. And then getting to talk about the show, I mean, I've been looking forward to this uh, for a week to talk about it, and I'm very excited to wake up in the morning and watch the next episode. Uh, I'm happy to have some more Marvel in my life. Uh, Is this the first thing we've gotten since Endgame? It is. No, Far From Home. Far From Home. Oh, yeah. And after Endgame. Uh, So this is the first thing we've gotten since Far From Home, uh, which was like over a year ago now, yeah? It's 2019. We didn't get a Marvel film for all of 2020. Mm-hmm. We went all 2020 with nothing. So it is so great to have the universe, Marvel Universe, uh, back on our screens. Uh, I've had to suffer and just watch Infinity War over and over again. Oh, no. <laughs> um, that movie's incredible. I can watch it a million times. But, yeah, it's really great. And more Marvels soon to come. So we're going to have a lot of Marvel to be talking about on this show. But I guess it just rules the world. But if... Nobody else has any final thoughts. I don't think Anyone? so. No, no, no I thoughts. Don't think so. We are thinked out. We are thinked out. Yes. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode of the Science Fictionary Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a like and a subscribe or a follow or a review wherever you're listening uh, to this show. I have been your host, uh, David. You can find me on Twitter at david underscore jg peoples uh andrew where can people find you on the internet okay people can find me running the twitter account for this show at crew underscore podcast at cru underscore podcast you can check us out at the sciencefictionary.com you can find our other podcast the science no this is science fictionary you can find our other podcast coruscant radio underground (laughs) uh pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts and you can find both of the podcasts at the sciencefictionary.com you can also find us as well as the rest of the red five podcast family at red5network.com or at red5network on twitter and marisha you can find me on my website princessesandpadawans.com i am also on twitter wait did i already say twitter you said twitter twitter huh I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have we done this outro? <laughs> you can also find me on Twitter uh, at P Padawans. <laughs> and Daniel. And this is the time I'm so glad to only have one social media presence because I am Dan C. Peeps on Twitter. <laughs> we are an odd podcast, aren't we? <laughs>